It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Giants did it. They won a baseball game for the first time in a long time, and it was not easy. It was dramatic. And as bad as this stretch has been, they're still in a pretty decent position here with this win. So we'll talk about how they were able to do it, why there was still some ugliness, and the position they're in next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, yes, indeed, the San Francisco Giants won a baseball game yesterday against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And on the one hand, it's like great and thrilling. And on the other hand, it's like, wow, it really shouldn't be this difficult to win a single baseball game against a below 500 team. But that is how it has gone lately for the Giants playing what their fourth series in a row against a sub 500 team. And they didn't win any of those series. So it's important to maintain perspective, which I think we all are because this stretch has been so bad that nobody's like getting over the moon about one simple win against the D-backs. That being said, it feels much better to win a game than it does to lose a game. And for the Giants, the way they did it, it was a come from behind victory. They were down four to nothing. Joey Bart, fresh off the, not injured list, fresh off, you know, called up from the minor leagues, had a big swing of the bat. Looked like it was going to be a three run homer, but ended up being overturned uh, and called fan interference. It was, and ended up scoring a couple runs. And then late in the game, Darren Ruff hit a pinch hit two-run homer to tie the game, and that was significant in a number of ways. First of all, it has been a struggle for Darren Ruff on the season, and secondly, it was amazingly the first pinch-hit home run of the season for the San Francisco Giants. I did not know that until they put out that uh, fact on the television broadcast, and I, I don't know that anybody was talking about this, so I'm not sure anyone was really even aware of this, but... It's incredible because they set a major league record with 18 pinch hit home runs last year. And to only have one this year, it speaks to a couple things. Number one, home runs are down across the league and the Giants are no exception. They're not hitting as many home runs. But number two, last year, the line change, the pinch hitting just paid off in so many different circumstances. They would pinch hit and come through when they had that platoon advantage. Darren Ruff did it. 
Austin Slater did it. Donovan Solano, their lefties did it. Like everybody just contributed in this Lamont Wade Jr. many times came through as a pinch hitter. So it just hasn't worked this year. And I would say that that doesn't so much mean that the process is flawed. We talked recently about how there's been a lot of kind of angst among fans about how they should be not platooning so much. And while I agree to an extent, the way I would agree is by saying they need to have more everyday players. But the players they currently have are largely platoon players. Jock Peterson ought to mostly be platooned. And if he's not, it's probably not going to be a great outcome for you. And so when you have Darren Ruff and you have Austin Slater, and these guys historically have really hit left-handed pitching, you're going to make those decisions. It's the right decision, but it just hasn't worked as nearly as much as it worked last year. But for Darren Ruff, for all his struggles this year, his overall line against left-handed pitching is right up there with what he's done in his entire Giants career. And really, the career numbers dating back to his time in Philadelphia, the man has a 151 career-weighted runs created plus against left-handed pitching. 284 average, 380 on base, 545 slugging. It's a 261 isolated power. This year, he has a 140 weighted runs created plus against left-handed pitching. If we look at, you know, Darren Ruff, I think everybody would generally say that he struggled for the Giants this year. It's mostly, and by mostly, I mean almost exclusively come against right-handed pitching. And that was kind of Remember when they signed him, they bought out his arbitration years, and there was like this kind of excitement, I guess, in some circles that it was good. They were probably going to give him an opportunity this year to play more against right-handed pitching. And there's an example. It's like, okay, you don't want to platoon? Okay, that means Darren Ruff's going to play every day. And what's happened is that he's hit 211, 325 on base, which is decent, but 296 slugging. Just no power to speak of this year for Ruff against right-handed pitching. And so the problem isn't the platoon. The problem is actually the lack of a platoon for a lot of these guys. Like they've played too much against the same-handed side. And for Ruff, so anyway, it's just kind of shocking, I would say, when you look at the numbers and see he's just continuing to chug along and be a lefty killer. And that was, I think, his biggest hit of the year. But also Austin Slater, he was used as a pinch hitter in this game. He reached base ahead of Ruff and scored that third run for the Giants via a bunt hit leading off an inning. Thank goodness for replay. Uh, Slater was originally called out, but he was clearly safe. It was overturned, and then Ruff tied the game. And then late, uh, later in the game, in the ninth inning, Slater came up in a bases-loaded one-out situation in a tie game against a right-handed pitcher, and he just ripped a double into right field. And that was perhaps his biggest hit of the year. So, yeah, Slater and Ruff, I mean, it is noteworthy that that hit for Slater came against a right-handed pitcher. But just to make a point, Slater against left-handed pitching this year and in his career has just been kind of a monster. And actually, Slater has held his own against right-handed pitching this year, but the numbers are, you know, his he strikes out way more often, just as an example. So all in all, it was a huge win for the Giants. Camilo Duvall tried to give this game away in the bottom of the ninth. This is the thing. Even though the Giants won this game, it was not easy, and they still kind of showed their warts in this game. Defensively, uh, Alex Cobb, more of the same with the batted ball luck or just, at this point, results. 
And like I said, Camilo Duvall tried to give this game away. Of course, he didn't actually try, but he uh, he almost gave this game away. So coming up next, we're going to talk about the ugly side of the win, but also where the Giants are in terms of their position for the playoffs and how it's a better situation than it might seem. But first, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat, to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. And for me, the chat function is great. Personally, I don't want to be going into a store and having to deal with the kind of pressure salesperson situation. I also don't want to be talking on the phone about this personally, although some might find it a very convenient option. But the chat function, being able to do this from home and find great jewelry is just a game changer. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Giants listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code locked on. plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, as promised, we are going to talk about the ugly facts from this game and how even though the Giants won and it's much easier to be feeling good about their situation, they still have problems that showed up in this game and are showing up seemingly every single game right now. And the first thing is the defense. It's just been atrocious. We know this. It's been well documented. It's staggering how bad defensively the Giants have been. And many have said, and I kind of agree, that the Giants look like the worst defensive team in the league. But I would go so far as to say they're the worst defensive team I've ever seen. And when I say they are, what I really want to say is they have been because I continue to believe they should not be this bad. A lot of these guys who are making just boneheaded play after boneheaded play were here last year and it just didn't happen at nearly the same frequency. And so, yes, they're a year older, but I don't think that necessarily explains what we've seen. Look, Tommy LaStella is not a great defender. He often can't even play the field or they haven't put him out there on the field and he's just been DHing and not really hitting much. So his his value has just been minimal to the San Francisco Giants. I get that the approach is there and they they like the selective approach, but man, he chases for a guy who doesn't chase. He swings and misses for a guy who doesn't swing and miss. And for a bad defender, it really shows up a lot of the time. So it just has not been a good first couple of years in San Francisco for Tommy LaStella, but that's just the way it's gone. Uh, but defensively, he just had a big, I don't want to call it boneheaded, it was just a physical error where there was a ground ball to the right side with runners on base. I forget exactly where they were positioned, first and third. And ground ball to the right side. That infield in Arizona, I think, is notoriously kind of hard. And so the ball skips faster than it might elsewhere. But Listella got his glove on it. It was kind of a high bouncing ball to his left and it ticked off his glove. He didn't have to like dive or really reach super far. He just reached out to his left and it just ticked off his glove and went into the outfield. Now, inexplicably, the official scorer ruled this a double for 
the hitter, which is just ridiculous. And I don't know if it's homerism or if it's just they don't believe in giving errors or they just don't know what an error is. But that is 100% an error, and it's just not fair to the pitcher. And it's also another example I'm going to use every opportunity I can to explain why fielding percentage is such a – like. there's often this mistrust of the, quote, advanced – defensive metrics and we just are like what are the i understand that because it's not we don't do a good job of being clear about what these are where they're coming from who's making them and how they're calculated but i'm gonna like if you say that and then say so that's why fielding percentage is king well look at that play and just realize no marks get taken off of Lestella's record for that play by fielding percentage that was a non-play for Lestella, and that's just not true. It was a play he should have made, and that's going to get factored into something like outs above average because it just sees where you were, where the ball was hit, how hard it was hit, and how many fielders get to that type of ball, and it says whether it's an out above average or not, you know, for example. And so for Lestella, I don't know exactly how many outs above average were on that play alone, but uh, outs above average is my kind of new favorite. And I think it does a good job. And it has the Giants as the worst defensive team in the league. So I think it passes the eye test for me. But by fielding percentage, that wasn't an error. And then there was a ground ball later to David VR, just kind of a routine ground ball to VR. And he threw high and it pulled Belt off the bag. And he came down on the bag late and the runner was safe. And they called it a single. Inexplicable. It was just a routine ground ball to third base. So again, fielding David VR has had several defensive miscues already in his brief Giants career I can think of at least three there was that one there was a ground ball he almost botched in a big spot the game prior and there were at least a couple other times that that happened so I think three or four already for David VR and so yeah the defense just continues to be an issue even in this game that they won so I'm not sure that they're ultimately going to be able to overcome that if it keeps happening. It, it really can't keep happening because you're expecting your pitchers to sometimes get like four, four or five extra outs in a game. And it's just you can't give your opponent that many extra chances on a routine basis. So anyway, that wasn't pretty. And then Camilo Duvall in the ninth, it was seven to four. He ended up walking three and giving up a hit, and they ultimately had to make a change, and they went to Sam Long out of the bullpen, which I thought was a good call before the fact, you know, before the outcome. I thought it was a good call because you bring him in for a lefty, they knew they were going to get a pinch hitter. Uh, Jordan Luplo is a lefty killer, and so I get it. Like, you don't want to bring in a righty to face uh, David Peralta because he's a righty killer. So either way, you're going to get a matchup with a player who is in the platoon advantage. And I think Long's stuff, when you just objectively look at it, would play kind of the best against a lefty or a righty with his firm fastball. And he's also got a good changeup and a curveball. And he just attacked Luplo with three pitches in the zone. And it was impressive. And he got a, a called strike, a foul ball, and a swing and a miss on a curveball. So super impressive. I haven't verified this myself, but... Someone on Twitter pointed out that Luplo kills fastballs and struggles against breaking balls and off-speed pitches, and so it makes sense. Long comes in and he throws, I think, I don't remember exactly what the second pitch was. It might have been a changeup, but he goes, changeup, 
possibly change up again and then curveball and he gets three strikes. So gutsy performance by Long with the bases loaded, tying run on second, winning run on first, and the Giants absolutely needed that. Just for Duvall, just a note about him. Everyone's always asking, why doesn't he throw the fastball more? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Per Baseball Savant's run value metric, Duvall's slider has been the 11th most valuable pitch in baseball this year, which is kind of amazing because this is a cumulative stat. says that it's been he's saved 11 runs with his slider, and it's cumulative. And so if you're a starter, you're going to get more opportunities to throw your best pitch and have this number add up. And for Duvall, 11th best. Carlos Rodon's four-seam fastball is uh, 14th best at minus 10 runs. And for Duvall, so this year opponents are hitting 154 against the fastball, excuse me, 154 against the slider with a 198 slugging. Last year they hit 167 against the slider with a 278 slugging. So really minuscule numbers against his slider. And his fastball this year has been hit to the tune of a 366 average and 707 slugging. So that's just like end the conversation. Conversation stops there. Why doesn't he throw the fastball more? Because it gets hammered. And I get it. The pitches play off each other and he needs the fastball for the slider to be effective. So I get that he has to throw it, but it makes sense why he kind of stays away from it. It's just been hit hard and the slider has not. And he gets swings and misses at like a double the rate on the slider versus the fastball. When hitters swing, they miss like 40% of the time against the slider versus only 20% of the time against the fastball. So that's why, to answer the question. So anyway, where do the Giants stand now that they pull off this win? Well, the two teams ahead of them directly in the playoff picture lost their games yesterday. And so the Giants, with their win, moved to just one game back. So coming up in just a second, we're going to talk about uh, that playoff position a little bit more and where these kind of forecasting engines like Fangraphs put their playoff odds. And we'll also talk about some roster moves that the Giants made yesterday. So all of that in just a second. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Of course, NHL playoffs are long over, but Major League Baseball is, of course, ongoing. And the Giants are an interesting team to bet on and you can look at long-term opportunities as well as just individual game opportunities i just had a feeling the giants were going to win last night so i wish i had head over i had gone over to bet online and placed a wager on that uh, game even when they were losing i felt that way bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information including live betting esports and scores and betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, as promised, we're going to talk about the playoff picture in a little bit more detail, and specifically the playoff odds, because this is an area in which the Giants have slipped in recent weeks, obviously. They were consistently up around 70% for much of the season, but then this recent slide knocked them all the way to a low of around 36%. But with the win yesterday, and like I said, the losses 
of the Phillies and Cardinals, the two teams directly ahead of the Giants, the Giants' playoff odds, according to Fangraphs, shot back up over 40%, at 42% right now per Fangraphs. And the Zips projection system, which is also featured on Fangraphs, Dan Zimborski, who does Zips, just came out with his mid-season projections for now, uh, just today, and he has the Giants at 44.4% odds to make the postseason. So this is fluid. This could change every day. And the Giants are just one game out of a playoff spot. That third wildcard spot, currently the Phillies and Cardinals are tied for it, and the Giants are just one game back of them. The Padres are the second wildcard team. Braves are the first, but the Padres are in a losing streak themselves. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They've lost two straight, and the Giants are going there now. And so if you can win, this is a four-game series. So if you can, I mean, at least split, that's a tall task considering the Padres are a good team and how the Giants have been playing, but you never know. But you can definitely make up some ground here. And what I'm trying to say is that as soon as today, the Giants could be back and tied for a playoff spot. And so all the doom and gloom, I get it. They were playing poor enough to warrant doom and gloom. But the reality of it was they were like one or two games away from being back in a playoff position. And so the trend line doesn't always indicate where you're headed in baseball. Like if you're on a downward trajectory, it doesn't always mean that you're going to continue on a downward trajectory. And you can rattle off you know, eight, eight wins in 10 days, and then you're in a much better position. Or if you can even go on a long winning streak, like we saw from the Cardinals last year or the Braves this year, it happens. The Cardinals, they were kind of a middling team last year until they went on this ridiculous winning streak and it propelled them right into the playoffs. So I think that with the trade deadline, a little less than four weeks away, there's no reason for the Giants not to just go out there and play this thing out and see what their position is moving forward. Like if they can gain some ground, then they're firmly in the race. If they fall back and are kind of playoff odds dwindling, then maybe you consider selling a little bit. But there's no reason to really make that call to be a seller now, certainly, because you might as well just wait and see if they can turn things around. So anyway, let's just get to the roster moves that the Giants made. Evan Longoria to the injured list with a left oblique strain. Perhaps one of these kind of hint, hint, wink, wink injuries. But he'd been playing pretty well. So I don't think they necessarily... Because they needed to get Joey Bart onto the roster. And so I'm not sure they wanted to make some other move there. So they ended up putting Longoria on the IL, which does give David VR more of an everyday opportunity. So I'm really interested to see how he does with what seems to be more or less everyday playing time for now. The defense has been a little bit of an issue, but he has taken pretty good at-bats. Joey Bart, like I said, was activated. And how about Luis Gonzalez beginning a rehab assignment with Sacramento? This is big. His presence is sorely missed. I think at this point in the season, given we've seen major struggles from the Giants this year, and Luis Gonzalez has been one of their top performers, I don't think they can play that game anymore where – they hold him back just because he's a guy who has options. I think that when he's ready to come back, he's going to be a guy that they want to bring onto this roster because they kind of need that spark. Although when I think about it, they've got Jock Peterson, Mike Yastrzemski, and Lamont Wade Jr. already in their outfield as left-handed hitters. 
And so I guess what it could do is move Jock Peterson to the DH spot, take Darren Ruff, per se, out of the, uh, not per se, take Darren Ruff, say, out of the lineup against a righty. Or for now, it's been your mean Mercedes as the DH against a righty. So that could become Jock Peterson. And then you've got Wade, Yastrzemski, and Gonzalez as your outfielders against right-handed pitching. So I think that they'll add Gonzalez back. He hit a home run in his first at-bat of this rehab assignment, but uh, him getting back quickly would be good for the Giants. And just lastly, I just must say, Alex Cobb had been apparently sick to his stomach and vomiting last night or two nights, the night before his start and the day of his start, I think. And then he went out and gutted out for lack of a better term, uh, what was it, six innings? He he pitched pretty well, and the defense let him down again. So it's just a crazy continuing theme for Cobb. The defense just cannot convert outs for him when he's on the mound. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like the show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. I think we're doing a crossover with Javier Reyes from Lockdown Padres, so look out for that tomorrow as we get you set uh, for the series, which starts tonight. So anyway, thanks again for listening. Stay Locked on Giants. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.